Welcome to the Curve Thought Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Lathamfo. I've been on hiatus for about a month now from doing this. Um, a lot's been happening in my life that has robbed me of the time, energy, and mental clarity to do this properly. But having realigned all these things, today I'll be speaking with Ndimpiwe Mayakiso, otherwise known to many of you by his online alias, St. D. D is very carefully nuanced with how he presents what he thinks he usually has a good reason to think what he thinks but most importantly d is open to changing his mind and open to hearing you out as a result we had a fantastic conversation covering a large variety of topics such as religion racism race within games representation culture tradition and a lot of things in between. D is wonderful to talk to for the main reason that he is able to separate himself from your thoughts and allow you to expand on your view and give you a clear response to them without deciding in advance what he thinks about what you're going to say. The conversation we had was in some sense kind of frustrating because we agreed on so much, but he helps to illustrate where my own ideas were limited and where I could have thought more deeply on a given subject. And overall, I came away feeling better than I when I went into this, feeling like I learned something and feeling like I'm better able to understand the topics that we discussed. And without any further ado, I give you St. D. Recording. All right, so St. D, welcome, Mr. Ndimpiwe Mayakiso, better known to a lot of the people in the world as St. D. Um, how are you doing, man? How are you? Thanks for joining me. What's up, man? How are you feeling? Uh, thanks for having me, dude. Like, I am, I'm great. I'm great. Um, it's been a long while since, since I've done anything podcast-related. Um, I think <laughs> I think the last episode we did of of the EAE gaming podcast was like two years ago, and that's me cutting it thin. But yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good as well, and I'm actually glad that you brought that up because the last time that we spoke, we spoke primarily about gaming, and I think a lot of the people that know you or um, know your name will probably be familiar with you through the lens of gaming. So with that in mind, I think it's a, it's a pretty good place to start, right? Talking about gaming and things, because um, in some sense, this is the future. Um, I was made very aware of this. This last weekend, I'm not sure if you know, but there was a big Mortal Kombat tournament. Not Mortal Kombat, sorry, Injustice 2. Um, the land finals were at this random murder house type place in Pretoria. Um, and while we were there, I was, I was kind of bothered by the fact that not everybody was like super hype on it, but it was still very clear that this is now becoming a legitimate thing within the world, within our country especially. Um, in the future, people will be able to make money off a game, which is always great. But obviously, there's still some problems, right? And one of the things that you brought up now was there's an upcoming FIFA tournament on the 22nd and the 23rd, and Lala and Sumizi are going to be hosting that. Um, gamers might have different problems with both of them, but you in particular were talking about an issue people might have with Lala. So... Could, could you expand on that? What happened that might leave people with a salty impression about Lala hosting this thing? <laughs> oh, man. So where do I start? So, so the thing with, with, um, with Lala Hirayama, uh, for, those who, for those who don't know her or aren't aware of her, she's one of the... She's been like, um, very involved in Vuzu and Vuzu-related related, um, shows, um, which happen to revolve around celebrities, celebrity culture, what's hype with the youth, that type of stuff. Um, she used to do interest pieces for, I, I, I can't remember the show for the life of me, but there used to be a Vuzu show that primarily revolved around gaming and gaming culture. It was pretty much, it was pretty much how gamers in, in SA used to kind of um, connect with the rest of the world as far as what's coming out, what's hot, what's everyone interested in, and that kind of thing. Um, so, uh, for, 
for a little bit of context, some might remember that Pippa Chabalala used to host that show. I'm not entirely sure where she ended up. But on this very show, this may have been in 2011 or 2012 when when she did she did a an interest piece the on... The Verge, sorry to, interv- to interrupt you, but... There we go, The Verge, The Verge. That's the name of the show. So she did did an interest piece on rage. Now, the intent of this particular piece was to have a light tone, um, have a lot of comedic elements. So to to quote her, she went into the land of Mordor at rage. And that, that was essentially the nag land. For those of you who are real with, with, with rage, you guys will know that whenever whenever rage takes place every year, there is there's a nagland. Folks go there, they bring up their rigs, their PC, their laptops, their gaming gear, and they game Microphone for muted. the entirety of the weekend. Microphone activated. Now, with the intent of doing an interest piece with the with with a light tone, with a with a comedic tone, a lot of that wasn't very well received uh primarily primarily gamers who gamers who engage online didn't didn't like the tone and to them it's it seemed like it seemed very much um it seemed very much that the intent was not to poke fun but to rather um insult Mm. um so things like Things like asking asking random gamers questions like, um, have a shower this weekend? And I'm not joking, that is one of the things that was asked among among other things. And none of the content really veered into actual actual gaming. Um, what what are the guys playing? What what are they interested in during the experience? What's 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 the general vibe of the Nagland? Instead it took it took the comedic approach like the, the 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 way she phrased um the entire adventure as the land of mordor and going into darkness or whatever that should give you an essential idea of the tone <laughs> that that arises from from her entire adventure so once again she's she's involved in gaming um through vs gaming uh, apparently she'll be hosting along with Sumiz and Thongo at the vs gaming festival so it it brings up an interesting question of will the community be ready to accept her um, <laughs> back back into their graces? Because she did, she was involved in The Verge, and until that incident, peeps were okay with her. What I find interesting about what happened there, though, was this is this is one of the strange things about gamers, right? And you find this everywhere, really, within the gaming community, is that if you interact with gamers online, right? you will find some of the most toxic individuals, some of the most entitled individuals. It'll be guys that will talk honestly the most amount of shit humanly possible to talk within any given time frame, right? These are people who will demand that you have an exceptionally thick skin. They'll be like, dude, come on, don't be so sensitive. Don't be so triggered, bro. Come on, just take, just a joke, bro. Just take it like a joke, bro. But whenever, whenever they themselves are viewed in the same light without the without the attendant protection of anonymity, right, or without being able to hide behind the keyboard, suddenly they become some of the most sensitive people that you'll ever actually find. Uh, these are guys that all, they, like you said, they'll come out on force being like, no, you're insulting us, you're not really showing us in a correct light, you're taking us out of context, etc. Um, like, because I remember that segment, like, I don't, some of it I don't really pay attention, but like, one of the questions she asked, like, have you guys showered, right? Objectively, a question you can ask at Rage. I've been to the Rage Land, right? Mm-hmm. Honestly, honestly, if you're at the Nag Land, that's a really deep question to ask because I did not meet nobody I knew. The only people I knew who showered there are people who left, right? If you stayed there, you weren't showering. You're, you're going to be playing and like you'll hydrate, but you're not really going to shower, right? But I think the, the problem people might have with her, um, I don't know actually people might have that much of a problem with her. I think... Um, the gamers also tend to have a very goldfish type of memory. People might have just forgotten by now that it was a big thing. Um, for me, the bigger thing was when I saw Sumizi, I was, I'm in two minds about this, right? Because, and the reason why I brought up the Injustice event that we did this last, well, I was at this last weekend, 
is because when we were there, the one of the commentators was a guy who actually plays Injustice, plays the game, very involved in it, understands the moves, etc. And then one of the guys uh, who, who was just there also commentating, he is, he's a streamer as well, um, but he's not really involved in the game. He was more there to hype it up, give some, some sort of connection to the rest of the audience. And I think that the reality of our situation right now in South Africa is that gaming is not taken seriously at all, right? It's not... It's still viewed very much as a hobby. Um, a hobby that, yes, could be lucrative for some, but it's still very much a, a novelty hobby, right? Something that you just do when you're not really being serious about life. You're not taking it as a big deal. It's just lols, basically, at the end of the day, right? And yeah. unfortunately, gamers themselves are quite bad at, at PR. Like, it's very difficult for gamers to convince non-gamers that gaming is a legitimate enterprise. It's it's still at this point something that only ga- if you're already a gamer you get it but if you're not a gamer you just don't get it and it's very hard to find like i haven't met anybody in the last five years who i haven't met anybody recently who says that five years ago they were not a gamer at all like they weren't playing anything but now they are a gamer it's one of those things yeah. that it seems to be a wholesale hobby and having somebody from outside of that community does help give it that sense of legitimacy if you know that this person um, is usually involved in legitimate enterprises. So, so Mizi, for example, is a guy that people know that he does real things. He does legitimate things. He does, you know, when, when Sumizi is involved, then there's a greater guarantee um, that the thing that you're pursuing is, actually matters, right? Because Sumizi doesn't necessarily attach himself to vacuous things. However, on the other hand, it's still, like, that's the reality of the situation, right? But... Looking at it optically, it's still not nice to see that people who aren't necessarily passionate about gaming are the people that are put forth as representatives of it. And that's still something that, I don't know, uh, it's a problem. I can see why. Like, and I can understand why Telcom wants to do this. Because if you had, like, if you had a, not somebody else, if you had a non-gamer, like an actual gamer there, there wouldn't necessarily yeah. be that connectivity to not people outside of the industry and people, and that's who you really want to draw, right? You ideally want to get new gamers, and the like the gamers. It honestly, the people who are who are going to be there for FIFA, right? The people who are going to be there for the game would be there even if there wasn't a host, even if there wasn't a commentator. They would just be there for the game, right? So actually, I don't think that this kind of thing is for us. Um, the presenters aren't necessarily for us. I mean, it's nice and it's a a cherry on top. But as gamers, we'd be there for the game anyway. And I don't think that's necessarily going to change regardless of what they do. Um, yeah, so, so, so that's how I think of, I, I feel about the two of them. Lala has some, some level of legitimacy with people already. It might be bad, but people know her. Um, whereas Sumizi is just known throughout, right? But actually, that's, a, that's an interesting something that I just thought about. Now we can talk about. How, why do you think that it is the case that gamers tend to be some of the most toxic individuals within their games and yet expect to be treated like saints effectively when you interact with them in real life? The, I don't want to be a cynic, but the reality of the, of the situation as far as gamers and, and their duality as far as when they're behind the keyboard or when, when, when they're in real life, the reality is you put anonymity as a mask to people and gives them the freedom to for lack of a better phrasing be complete asshats <laughs> mm. like that's that's literally what it comes down to you put anonymity to a person and they can do whatever they want they can say whatever they want without any real consequence and i think that's that's the thing any any lack of real consequence allows them to be the, the most toxic people online um but coming back to coming back to this music thing, um, I, I think for the most part I, I agree that this is this is a, an actual logical uh, choice that Telcom has made as far as as far as getting Sumizi and and Lala involved because ultimately when you boil it down, if you say Sumizi to anyone in the country, that is a recognizable name. That mm. is a brand. I'll even, yeah, I'll even go as far as saying that is a brand. Um, I mean, the first thing, the first thing most people will probably think about will be the thing that that he's most involved in now with is um, SA Idols. Um, and then you think of Lala, even outside of the fact that she has maybe some no- notoriety on 
on the verge um, as far as as far as gamers are concerned. She is a name. She is a brand. And on top of that, maybe maybe she has notoriety amongst the gamers, but she actually does have some gaming cred mm. um, because The Verge was a le- was a legitimate gaming show. Um, no matter no matter if you put if you put the context of the the rage incident, um, so I get it, I get it. And on top of that, you also have to think about what kind of game is going to be essentially the the flagship of this event. It's going to be FIFA. Mm. It's going to be FIFA. It's not like it's going to be Dota. It's not like it's going to be Counter-Strike. It's going to be a game that even even people who aren't necessarily involved in the gaming culture, this is a game that most people know in the gaming sphere, outside of the gaming sphere. So it's not like we're talking Dota 2 or CSGO or or Hearthstone, or any game that has a high barrier of entry. This is, this is FIFA, this is football. So I totally get where it comes from. Um, and then as far as, as far as another point you mentioned, as far as uh, it not being a great feeling, as far as, as far as people who are not passionate involved in it, I guess on the FIFA side of things, that is probably the choices are warranted because as far as, as far as, the landscape of gaming right now in South Africa. FIFA, even though it's it's a game that speaks to the lowest common denominator as far as how many people enjoy it, whether they're hardcore gamers, um, I despise the word, but it it works in this context, hardcore gamers, casual gamers, or or anything in between. It's a game it's a game that doesn't garner much numbers as far as event wise. Mm. So I get, I, I totally get the move. Speaking of actually the lowest common denominator or <laughs> just sheer numbers of people who actually play the game, something that we can actually this, this actually might be a nice segue into another to talk to you about as well. Um, when it comes to how we look at professional gaming in the country, right, the people who are actually making it a real professional, legitimate enterprise, it seems to me that of the games that garner the most amount of prestige. Um, and a general level, that being CS, CS and Dota mainly within within our communities. These are games that are overrepresented by a minority of people. Like meaning that it's mostly, if you look at the top teams, the teams that actually are reputable, the teams that are able to travel the world as a result of it, the teams that are winning um, the lion's share of these prize pools. It's mostly white people, right? Mostly. It's the usual, um, what, 16 to 30 to thirty white demographic, white male demographic. But FIFA seems on its face in terms of the player base to be more representative of the rest of the country, right? Um, yeah, I think that's a sound assessment. But that, in some way, this is actually a problem because the fact that the demographics of the games that are actually legitimate, not just here, but abroad as well, that they of the team games especially that they're usually represented by these minority of by white people right is this is something that actually I was I was speaking to someone about this about how this is it feels like this is still um, a hangover from our past right this is still a situation whereby because generally for a lot of these games right so FIFA as a game to get really good at FIFA right doesn't necessarily require a lot right you need a TV, a console, and FIFA, and you're done. And you, basically, you have all you need, and you can get really, really, really good at the game, right? Whereas yeah. with with Dota, or with Dota, with Counter Strike, etc., um, the game needs you need a very good internet connection. You need um, top rigs. You need great hardware. You need to have a community of people around you that are also very good at the game. Um, all of these things translate into high amounts of cash that you basically need to buy into before you can even consider going pro at any one of these games, right? Now, yeah. this high amount of disposable cash that you need is something that's not necessarily available um, to black people, right, within our country. And it's an expense that's, in general, hard to justify, right? Because I, I think, like, we can agree that to become pro at most games, right, you can't, you kind of have to start playing games when you're a teenager, right? It doesn't... If you're if you're past twenty one, like you can maybe, but at that point it's kind of late, right? You ideally want to have, as a young person, be able to get into those games, 
And as, as a result, you need to be able to convince your parents that it's a useful expenditure to get you these things in order to play these games. And it's easier to convince your parents that, listen, this one time at Christmas, spend five grand, buy me a console and FIFA, or spend, spend seven grand, buy me a console, FIFA, two controls, and then you can, you'll, you'll never hear from me again, ever. I can, take my piece, I can take my console to my friend's house, we can play, we can get good, etc. Whereas the same is not necessarily true for having a high-end rig. This is a long-term investment, an investment that needs to be continually updated. Um, and that's something that's a lot harder. I, I know from my own experience, personally, it's a lot harder to convince your parents to do that at a younger age than it is to do with something like FIFA. But sadly, what this translates to is the situation where we are now, right? So, for example, thinking of the, the last couple of tournaments that have happened for any of the popular games, right? Um, for Dota, Counter-Strike will include Hearthstone, um, we could even toss in League of Legends, maybe even some Rocket League, etc. The people that show up to these events, right? Uh, even like, so the people that show up to the console events in particular, right? Whenever there's a console event that's specifically just on console, right? You have yep. a greater spread of black people pitching up, right? Black people will be there because, you know, it's just a console. You can get this, you can play. However, at the PC exclusive events, if you observe, not even just the players, the players is one thing, but the crowd as well, the individuals that are actually interested in this, it seems to be overly represented by white people, right? And now, and you also see this, sadly, in the YouTube comments. Um, this goes back to the point you were making earlier about when you have anonymity in a keyboard, right? If you have YouTube comments for any given event that's non-console, right? I guarantee you're going to find some really fucked up racism in those comment section. And it's going to be bad, dog. It's going to be terrible. Um, <laughs> I, know. I know. Having been a recipient on, on the other side of the camera when this I shit know. was happening, it's uh, can confirm it's not nice to, to get off camera and then you see the YouTube stream and you're like, guys, 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 come on. You're like, I thought the word coon was over. Like, oh, okay, cool. Like, um, I thought you could, I, like, it, it's bad to be insulted by a dude who can't even spell the word guffle correctly, but that shit happens and you're like yeah. oh okay so so what do you think about that? how do you what do you think we do to actually try and remedy this particular problem this 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 problem that that is directly a result of barrier of entry because that that, that it seems to me that until until that changes right until you have a situation where the barrier of entry to get into especially pc gaming isn't so high versus console gaming right it's as much as we as South Africans, we always are hoping for the gaming scene to take off to get really big, to be able to compete on an international standard, right? And that is definitely happening, but it's in some sense being slowed or bottlenecked by the fact that in order to get more players, because you need more players for a better scene, right? In order to get more players to make the scene healthy, um, we need to do something to lower the barrier of entry. And that only seems right now feasible within console gaming, whereas it doesn't necessarily seem feasible in PC gaming. Yeah, that's a that's a difficult one to, to tackle because the question then becomes um, where do you start? Let's let's for 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 a hypothetical case. Let's say you're gonna you're gonna um, have teams start sponsoring this this equipment, which essentially alleviates alleviates the the barrier to entry. Where do you start? Does it mean you're starting now with with a much younger generation? Because ultimately, ultimately, if we're going to draw bar- parallels to to actual to actual sports outside of outside of our own realm, um, football, um, rugby, and the like, these people start grooming at a very young age. Mm. Like you've got an academy system, and maybe that's where we start. Because if you remove Ultimately, our biggest problem is the barrier of entry. Um, so maybe you start there, and eventually try to try to equalize equalize the the population of professional gamers through, I guess, raising them in a more diverse sphere. Maybe that's where you start. Um, but it's 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 difficult to suggest anything for the gamers that are already existing. Um, within the within the ages that go beyond twenty, because at that point, because you made a, you made another point where you said uh, if you haven't been gaming at a young age, it gaming gaming is pretty much 
it's pretty much an alien concept to you at least at least the idea of professional gaming so how you how do you even convince convince the majority of people who who are all about fifa who are all about um i'd even i'd even go maybe to your to your fighting games your mortal combats mm. your street fighters how do you convince these guys to switch over to the more popular games and equalize that population it's a difficult one to tackle because once again investing in those for 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 mgos to think about investing in those players who who have been gaming on console haven't been gaming on pcs but are now at an age where it's it's a it's a weird zero sum game to try and invest in them. Mm. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's it seems very difficult to to tackle the problem with our current generation. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, think about think think about think about think about um, think about just even even the hosting personalities or even the casters. You can count you can count probably on one hand um, the. As, as as far as as far as how many how many casters or hosts with within the professional gaming realm that are either black indian or colored mm. actually let's do that that sounds like an interesting thought exercise so within so within counter strike um within counter strike the only the only prominent black person that i know in counter strike is is tools um to, tools yeah for, does he still play for no, he started his own team. He left. Um, he left WRG. He plays for Big Five now. He started his yeah. own squad. Yeah. So, but he's the only prominent black person I know. Ironically, there was a FIFA event um, about was it last year? Yeah, it was last year that that we had, and he was actually casting with me. Um, we were doing. We were the ones that were doing the FIFA. Me, him, and a couple of other guys um, were doing that. So he's the only black person I know prominently within the CS:GO community. Um, Actually, I don't. Is there any other person of color in CS:GO that you're aware of? That's prominent. Nope. Okay, so that's literally the only one I know. So in CS:GO, we've got one. Uh, in Dota, there's me. There's Reigns, Jackie. Jackie's great. Uh, he's an Asian dude. Um, do you, should we add you to the list? I'll add you because we, I don't want to have only a few people. We'll add you <laughs> to this. One day you'll make your comeback. I mean, I've been on hiatus for a while, but I guess you can add me. <laughs> but you're known. You're known. Definitely people know you, right? It's not like you've been, you, you've fallen prey, like, just under the bus, right? So people definitely do know you. Um, there's Seam, there's Habibi, there's Wazoo, there's Smacker. Um, who else? I guess we'll count, we'll count Flares as well. Um, yep, but, wait, players, but 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 those players, are players. Wait, okay, let's. Those are players. Yeah, let's let's actually not count players. Let's just count people just behind the mics, right? So then we'll count the players separately. So then there's tools. There's me. There's you. There's Jackie. Um, who else in Dota is prominence? Um, do you wanna do you wanna spread this? Um, and I guess add women as 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 far as as far as the diversity pool. If we add women, then we add. Um, we're gonna add Succubus. So we'll add Chanel. We're gonna add... Yeah, we're gonna add Succubus. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, does Tech Girl count? No, no, no. Like we can. I, I don't wanna. There's people who do like more behind the scenes things, like interviewing, yeah. interviewers, uh, streamers, etc. Okay, so we're, we're, we're just, just talking people commentary. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's it's a small pool. <laughs> so that's like five people, right? Um, including if you include players in this. Right. Even in CS, um, Tools is the only prominent black player that I know. Um, mm -hmm. There are zero prominent black players in Dota. Um, are they? No, there's not a single black player in Dota. There's a couple of Indian players. There's, like I was saying, there's Habibi, there's Seam, there is Smacker, there's Wazoo, there's Doppler. Um, yeah. Who else? Flares. Okay, in Flares is, is Asian, so we'll count Flares. But six players. Um, who else? I'm sure there's more that we're just like forgetting about <laughs> right now. TKC, TKC is Indian. Yeah. That's seven. Um. Um. God, this should not be this difficult in a country that's seventy percent black. But <laughs> yeah, that's it basically. Um, hey man, it's that it's it's that barrier to entry. It is that, barrier, that barrier to barrier entry. To entry. Whereas, like, if you go if you go to console gaming, right? If we if we jump ship to that direction, there are 
Like every model, for example, every Mortal Kombat, Injustice, and FIFA event that I've been to, right, is mostly non-white players. It's mostly people of color that are there. Um, yeah. in almost all respects, especially at the upper echelons, when you start getting players mm -hmm. that are really good, like your top 10 players are mostly non-white people. So that kind of, for me, illustrates what's happening here. And, and like you say, it's a barrier to entry, but it feels like this, it feels like this is a problem and it's not a problem necessarily, f um, simply for the optics, right? Because I guarantee there's going to be a lot of people saying, what does it matter? What the fuck? You guys are just talking shit, you know, let people play the games they're good at and whatever. But this is... This is a problem for the health of the ecosystem, especially for PC gaming, because there comes a point in any, in any given game. Um, unfortunately, for any, I don't know any Battlefield or COD players. Um, like, I don't know those games very well, so I can't necessarily weigh in on that. But the fact that the ecosystem is being maintained by such a small... Because gamers are a small percentage of any given population anyway, like serious professional gamers, right? And if you have if your ecosystem is being maintained by a small by a minority of a minority, then you go eventually, right? Eventually, you're gonna run into a situation where the veterans move on, and whoever's left is base like basically can't maintain the system. Um, and yeah, they don't have the tools or the skills to mm. to keep to keep the ecosystem alive. And that's. Like, one of the problems that I, at the Counter-Strike weekend, right, when I was there, one of the things that I noted, the team that came third, DC, um, yeah. great team, and they've been playing for a long time. Like, this is a team that's been together for, like, 10 years now. And they're obviously amazing, and they're fantastic, and they've done pretty much everything you could possibly do within the game, right? But, but they came third, right? And I feel like that shouldn't be happening. That, there shouldn't be a situation where the most experienced team came third, and they're coming, they come third consistently, right? It's... The only teams that, uh, that plays better than them are the teams that are legitimately the best, which is usually Ian and Bravado. But the fact that yep. nobody else is... The ecosystem is small enough, right? That nobody else is able to attain the skills just in general across the board, right? To be able to be better than yeah, these guys. Level. To get to this level, right? Than the guys that have been doing this forever, effectively, right? To me, it feels like a problem. That It feels like there's not enough young blood in the scene. And usually what, what happens in, in, our, in our ecosystem of PC gaming is that the young blood gets subsumed, like energy and bravado comes and just snaps up the young blood anyway, and keeps it top heavy. So it stays top heavy basically forever. Um, and that, that, that creates another barrier to entry because if you're not at the level where you will be brought up by energy and bravado, it doesn't necessarily seem like a worthwhile enterprise to pursue. And because of that, a lot of people don't bother. And because it's such a small minority of people that are playing, playing these things professionally, the loss of any one of these big players is felt like resoundingly throughout the scene. It like diminishes the overall capacity of anybody else to compete professionally when one of the big players leaves um, or stops playing or just like pursues other interests. Um, this is a problem I don't think necessarily that's going to be, from what I've seen from the console gaming side of things, from FIFA, especially now with FIFA, like a lot of money is going into that. But from FIFA, Injustice, uh, Mortal Kombat, it doesn't seem like the problem is even the Street Fighter to, to a lesser extent. Doesn't seem like the problem is that present. Like there seems to be always a player to fill the void, but that doesn't seem true of PC gaming. And I also don't like speaking of this as a problem. I also think that it doesn't necessarily help that PC gamers, as a general rule, aren't firstly aren't kind to newcomers, right? But take a dim, generally, from what I've seen, take a dim view of the race question to begin with. So it's very difficult to actually convince people in the PC gaming ecosystem that, hey guys, you actually have to try, you have to go out of your way. Not only do you have to profess to support this, but you have to go out of your way to get black players here because it's good for you. Like, everybody benefits from this kind of arrangement. But this is not, these are not words that are, that are, that are, that are happily spoken within the PC gaming side of things. Whereas you'll speak to guys who play console and people will say, well, duh, is going to be the response on that side of things. Um, and that's, I actually don't know how to, how to communicate that, actually. What do you think it would be the best way to, to say this, to get this idea across to the, PC, to, the, to the PC pros, as it were? So the one thing, so the one thing um, I will bring up, and this will probably bring, this will probably bring down a little bit of ire towards me, mm -hmm. um, but the one thing that that I can somewhat lord um, MSSA for mm -hmm. 
is that they're very inclusive in what they in what they try to do because if you look across the board uh, as far as as far as um, as far as their esports um, leg goes, um, whether it's FIFA, whether it's even Dota Two, League of Legends, there is because 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 I've I've paid attention to some to some to some of their their player listings and people involved in it, and it seems like there's a bit of an even spread, somewhat around that. I don't know if this if this is if this is purely because this is more of a governmental thing. I'm not entirely sure, but that's one thing I will I will, I will say as far as as far as maybe maybe taking a slight positive for from 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 an organization that people view with with complete eye within our space like you bring up you bring up MSSA and and folks just just bring out their pitchforks and then on the flip side um to to, to go back to the point you were making as far as uh as far as the barrier of entry just in general um as far as as far as any social questions as far as pc gamers i mean ask any woman and they'll tell you just how difficult of a space it is to get involved in mm. whether it's professionally um as far as playing whether it's whether it's being behind the mic um i mean sure you have you have a lot more prominent figures you have a few prominent figures right now as far as as far as whether it comes to the behind the scenes stuff um seeing your succubuses show up you've seen your tech tech girls show up um but even that that's 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 a very small it's a very small percentage of of a very of a um of a rapidly growing group um and i guess that 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 even that even speaks to a more global issue because because it's all good and well that we're talking about uh a very a very lopsided um population as far as the local community but even 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 internationally speaking we're still seeing that kind of a lopsided um divide mm. no we do definitely like if if you follow the international scene for fighting games as well you'll also see that it's overly represented by people of color Whereas yeah. PC gaming is still like overly represented by by white guys, um, well in the non-Asian countries, um, in any yeah. rate. But the point that you bring up about women is also very interesting because you will see that I don't, uh, I don't. How long ago was this? Maybe it was last year, or the year before. I don't know. But there was something somewhere about where people were looking specifically for female Dota players. Um, I'm not sure if they wanted to make a team or for, for them to be casters, but there was something about it, right? They were like, specifically, we only want women um, involved in this thing, right? Yep. And collectively, our local scene lost their fucking minds. And they were like, what? No, guys, what is this PC bullshit? This affirmative action type of nonsense. What are you doing? Et cetera, et cetera. And back then, I'm, I, think, I think me and you spoke about this, about how you're like, the reason why women don't want to do this thing is because of exactly the response you guys are having right now. You're making it difficult for somebody to even want to. If you know that from the onset that your involvement is going to garner some pushback simply by being yourself, before you've even done anything, simply by appearing, people are going to be mad at you. It makes it very difficult to even want to do it. Um, using Succubus yeah. as an example, often, often, or not even, I actually don't remember the last time that I saw Succubus, for example, make a mistake and get called on the merits of the mistake in and of itself, right? In, in terms of the streams. Usually, well, this is, this is usually what will happen, right? She'll say something, mm -hmm. someone will disagree, and then, and then the sexism comes out. People will talk about, no, she doesn't know about enough <clears throat> about the game, or because she's a woman, you know, she's spending too much time on her makeup, blah, 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 all that kind of bullshit, right? And, yep. and I get, okay, so people, people like being anonymous, fine, whatever, right? But... Doesn't it seem odd to you and very problematic, right? That whenever, whenever that anonymity is applied, the, the lever by which it's applied, right, usually involves sexism and or racism, almost unilaterally. Unless it's a white dude on camera, then nobody gives up. Then they find something else to talk shit about. Um, about, it, about they find the content of what he's talking about to be salacious. But if there's a, if there's a content error, this is usually what comes up um, on the flip side of it. Um, that that sexism and racism will come up, and it's very disheartening on the one hand, but at the same time, it also it's 
it poisons the discourse in such a way as because like there's there's some people right who you know that if you spoke to them in an individual capacity might not necessarily conform um to the ideas that are being said in the comment section they might not even say this shit and all credit there's a lot more people right who are defending or like who are, who are calling this bullshit out when they see it right but there's also people who even though they might not necessarily conform to these ideas in their individual capacity will they say these things they engage in it they right in it. Yeah. because because this is this is what we do like there's this, this level of conformity that like and and sometimes you'll see situations where if somebody will call out this behavior and say you guys are talking shit then the reflexive response from everybody else is you know um stop being such a sensitive bitch it's like what are you doing this is just the internet you know people just say whatever the fuck they want and and the fact that usually the def- the calling out of this bullshit right is very rarely from people who conform um in their entirety to the it's very rarely young white men that are calling out this bullshit right it's usually if you look at the comment section it'll be a woman that's watching it'll be a black person that's watching it'll be an indian person watching it'll be a gay guy watching um but it's really gonna be your usual regular straight white male who's gonna say hey guys this is kind of bullshit stop your stop your shit usually those are the cats that even though they wouldn't necessarily feel this way themselves they they'll do it and there's just like there's this group think that sort of applies to the entire tenor of the conversation and that's yeah, very difficult hive mind. it is yeah it's very much of a hive mind and like have you seen have you seen what happened do you remember last year when um when that thing happened on the sa daughter group um when somebody was say when somebody was like let's start a post calling out all racism and shit that we see in games right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, i remember that see so so here's the th- here's another thing um i i don't know i don't know like for some for some reason there is there is a lack of a lack of empathy or or i mean it's it's just a sheer abundance of apathy rather as opposed to a lack of empathy but what normally happens when 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 a post goes up in the two group calling out racism calling out calling out any any form of um any any form of discrimination um whether it's derogatory comments based on race or sex um microphone muted usually usually what happens microphone is that microphone muted the resounding majority of folks commenting on this post will for the most part be either acknowledging the problem and saying but there's nothing you can do or for the most part it's it, it boils down to to lowest common denominator saying it's the internet what the fuck do you expect i mean i remember i remember um when i was still when i was still actively casting um just going back to to piggyback on on the thing you mentioned where someone was looking for female casters i i don't know if you remember that i was also actively looking for for female casters um whether it's folks that needed to be trained or whether yeah. it's folks that needed to to be trained in hosting but some form of um some form of diverse um casters to add onto onto the roster that we had back back in back in that time frame and one of one of the things that that shocked me was the was the lack of response from women um like a lot of the posts got no response from women and then eventually what happened is i started um I hounded shiva and at proof dota um she does canadian she did canadian dota back in the day uh would cost a lot of tournaments for for the canada stuff yeah and the response that i got from them pretty much boiled down to how big of a barrier of entry there is to anything related to esports uh, specifically in the pc gaming realm i mean even i spoke to even mayhem um she's she's no longer doing really personality stuff but uh back in the day she used to play for queens of paint which was a multinational team had a few russian players um they took part in in the tournament that shiva organized for women only and speaking of that tournament the existence of that tournament 
pretty much um, offended everyone. <laughs> that was... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a difficult space, and it's a toxic space, and no one's willing to actively make it better. I think part of the... I think your mic's off. Part of the problem, right? Oh, my mic is off. Microphone activated. Part of the part of the problem that you'll actually end up finding in a lot of these situations is that mm-hmm. the the community response, like you say, it's extremely toxic, right? And no one is, the reason I think part of the people don't want to make it better is that there are there's this fear, right, that if you piss off too large a segment of of this particular community, that they'll leave and go elsewhere, right? That if you rock the boat too much. Or if you say something that doesn't necessarily conform to what everyone else is thinking, then shit just gets all, goes off the rails. It's no longer relevant. People will just castigate you. And basically, you've created a situation where your game or, or you yourself are no longer relevant because you're no longer given that legitimacy, right? But mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems to create a situation where you're basically forced to pander. Um, if you don't pander to the, the audience or put pander to what the audience wants to hear... Mm-hmm then they basically fuck with your product. And that's, uh, that's a genuine problem. Um, something else that also comes up very often, and which I'm also not sure entirely how I feel about it, right? Is that the way just gamers as a whole, right? Especially in-game, how we communicate with each other. Now, I, I do get trust. I get the requirement for salt, right? Uh, <laughs> sometimes sometimes there's, there's a lot of space for salt and some BM, and to, you know, not be nice, right? But it just seems to me that there's this almost overall refusal to to take into account that the other person is a person and that the other person doesn't necessarily deserve to be treated with your maximum assholery at any given time. Um, it, actually, I don't, I don't think, I think it's mainly an entitlement thing. Like, people feel like they are entitled to be as bad as they can because whatever i'm playing the game this is my time this is my thing that i'm doing um and it's hard when you're not necessarily in physical contact and you don't see the other person right it's difficult sometimes to contextualize the other person as being a full agent in and of themselves you you view them sometimes as part of the game and as a result you are free to treat them as you would any other aspect of the game which means as freely as you wish given that they're just part of the space that you're enjoying and you can do whatever the hell you want. Um, Essentially, they're not a human yeah. because you can't, you can't visualize them. Yeah. This is, this is, there is no visual representation to tell you, hey, this is a person who has feelings. Yeah. Also, gamers, and this is definitely going to piss off a lot of these gamers, gamers tend to be, in person even, right? Honestly, extremely immature individuals. And I don't mean immature in the sense that they behave like children, right? But gamers are immature when it comes to communicating with other people, right? There's this, gamers are bad at disagreeing, for example, are bad at having (laughs) a civil disagreement, talking it out, seeing where we get to, right? Usually when a gamer disagrees, or worse yet, if you dare criticize a gamer, right? The response you get is basically, you would imagine that this dude just found you like in his house with an ax smashing up all his shit. People go fucking insane. And mm-hmm. and you end up in a situation where, like, even the slightest of criticisms, you see, you'll say, hey, you know, this is a thing I notice that you're being bad at, right? It's, it's, it's very, like, it actually, it genuinely surprises me whenever I find players who are, who are open to that level of criticism. Like, a lot, of, like, and usually, um, interestingly, the players that are good at this kind of communication are the players at the upper echelons, right? The top of the top um, are good at that kind of communication, whereas... The, the trenches, when you, when you get deep into the trench. <laughs> the trench. <laughs> like, you find some of the most immature people that you could ever come across. Um, immature, self-entitled. And I guarantee, right? I guarantee that the fastest place to usually find these immature, self-entitled people... Do not be surprised if you find these people in the comments of this video. And they... <laughs> like, where well, it becomes... Now, <laughs> now I just call them, but... If this becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, it'll be like, oh, Vele, this is not unexpected. Um, yeah, that's the thing, right? Um, I think I think maybe that, that just speaks to a general human condition um, as far as engaging in, in, in fruitful discussions. People, 
people always have to be right. Mm. It's, it's never about sharing ideas, learning from each other. It's always about being right. So what you, what you always have in situations where, where you point out someone potentially maybe at fault or pointing out something they could be doing better, they're not, to them, it doesn't come across as, hey, you could totally do better at A, B, and C. To them, to them it comes across as, you are terrible at A, B, and C, and you're trash. And, and I guess this, this maybe comes, comes from, um, maybe there's a little bit of context of that in the sense that maybe they are used to being engaged in that manner where it becomes, it beco- it becomes a, a bit of a circle jerk in the sense that everyone's, the, the initial engagement that they're used to is, hey, you are trash, you suck ass, and, and the like, and then at this point, they don't learn how to engage in a fruitful situation. Even that, like, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that being told you're trash and terrible at something is necessarily a bad thing. Because I think it becomes a bad thing when the implication be, becomes that you will remain there and that you'll remain trash and awful at this thing. Um, I, I definitely think there's space to be told you're trash at something. Someone says, dude, this thing you're doing is bad. You're bad at it. Stop doing it or do it differently. Um, I think it comes down to what you, what you take away from the things people say to you, because there's a, there's, I think there's a huge gulf between someone telling you you're trash, and you hearing um, that you you'll always be trash. Because I, for me, it feels like if you're told if you're told you're bad at something, right, that should be impetus for you to improve upon it, and then disprove the other person rather than. Rather than, like, I don't think it's useful to hear if someone says you're trash. I don't think the useful response is, no, you're trash, which is what usually ends up happening, right? It doesn't feel like a useful way to go about it. Like, it would be, for me, much more interesting if somebody said, what do you think I should do to move out of, to get out of this trench, to stop being trash? But like you say, usually that form of discourse isn't necessarily entertained. Um, because like, people like being right. Yeah, people like being right. And again, and again, it, it becomes a question of because because if you if if you tell someone they're trash, the easy thing is to engage in vitriol. Mm. That's the, that's the thing. It's the easy thing to say, "Hey, what could I be doing better?" That requires you to think about the situation and contextualize what this person is saying, and take a little bit of responsibility and say, "Hey, I could be doing this better," or learn from this person. And then, then I guess for me that that brings up the question then. Is is the initial engagement? Does the person initially engaging also have a bit of responsibility to not be toxic? Um, I think so, but I also think <laughs> at this at this current moment in history, it's a bit much to expect from gamers for them to not be toxic, <laughs> because it seems like gamers really enjoy actually being assholes. Like, uh, yeah. So, so here's the thing, right? That I find extremely worrying about the way that the community communicates, right? is that there is very often it's a source of pride to see how many people you can offend or piss off in any given space of time right and people you there are names i can name right which i won't but but there are names bras (laughs) who revel in their ability to piss off as many people as humanly possible in a short space of time right and these are people within our communities now the issue with this right is that very, very often they are not seen as the the assholes that you would expect them to be seen as right but they're seen as the rogue the maverick that cool guy who is brave and daring enough to do the one thing we all want to do but no one else has the balls or the guts to do themselves and as a result they don't experience the the social isolation and neglect that you would hope they'd experience as a result of their behavior um they get treated far too well because of it uh and that toxicity t- tends to it like it becomes re- self self reinforcing, right? And especially, I think the problem comes in especially when the player is good, right? Because people will say, "Well, he's an asshole and a jackass, but he's good at the game. What can you do, right?" As if, as if there should be a separate, as if there the, the, there should be just one definite line that says, "Well, this guy's an awful human being, but a good player. What can happen?" Um, as if you can't apply pressure around on that person to keep his skill. Fine, keep your skills, bro but be a better human being. And 
<clears throat> and the problem with that is that this spills over into it spills out of the game as well. Like it's not it's very difficult to to be toxic in one place and one place only and then yeah. leave it there, right? Human beings are very bad at passing how they communicate, right? That's why for example you'll find out you can go to work, right? And find somebody there who the, the person at, at in the workplace who is saying outrageous and salacious things in the workplace, right? Isn't the guy that goes home and then doesn't say those things, right? Because this is the way you communicate mm. with other human beings is the way you communicate with other human beings, right? You don't, mm. it's very hard to separate it from yourself unless you, you have to teach yourself very rigidly. Like this is acceptable. This is not acceptable. But if you don't do that, then it always, it just, it becomes who you are. It becomes a part of the fabric of yourself and you can't separate it even in, even in different contexts. So you start being toxic in game, that toxicity spreads out of the game and you become a worse human being because of it. And, and who can tell you otherwise? Because part of the problem is that no, no one's, no one's no telling one you tell shit. You no one can tell you otherwise. No one's telling you to stop this behavior in game. So you don't feel necessarily the need to stop it out of game. And that, and, and even the people that will criticize you in real life, it's easier to dismiss them because the space in which you normally allow yourself to operate in that fashion in the game right the place where you go to relax to unwind to actually be your true self that becomes a place where you're not being challenged by any of this right that becomes your your safe space as it were and yeah. and it becomes who you are now speaking speaking of disagreements right on of of like um, being able to communicate properly with people right um for the last like hour or so, we've basically agreed on everything, right? There's a lot we agree upon, right? Uh, within the gaming industry, there's a lot of problems within it, and we agree, for the most part, on what we perceive as being the issues, right? Um, yep. Now, out of gaming, right? Speaking of different things, right? Um, you heard the conversation between myself and and guidance a couple of weeks ago, um, and and my thought patterns on on belief and religion. Now. Me and you, we we both have similar backstories in that we grew up with some level of Christian upbringing, but <laughs> you say some level, <laughs> a lot, a lot of you it. You say some level, <laughs> yeah, a lot of it, right? Which is which is also a thing that a lot of other people experience in the country, but but where we are now, right? We we differ now in where we are because as much as I don't like the word, it's still in some sense useful. I would uh, I'm, I would be like a complete atheist at this point, whereas you're still you'd still be agnostic on this, right? And we've actually, we've had a lot of conversations, we had a lot of conversations about this when we were both believers, but we haven't really gotten into the meat of this after then, right? So, 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 so let's talk about this. So, um, yeah, wh why, why, do you, why are you where you are, actually? What, what was your thought process in getting to where you are and, <clears throat> and no further than that? Oh, man, where do I start? And it's, it's going to be interesting Cause now <laughs> I'm not I'm not entirely sure I'm gonna be I'm gonna be openly sharing this podcast episode. <laughs> ah. Ooh, actually, actually, all right, all right. Let's let's pause there because I actually think that's a much more interesting conversation we can have right now, right? Because um, personally, within my own experience, when I when when I stopped believing, right, when I left the faith and I left the tradition, it yeah. took a while maybe six seven months but quite some time right wherein i was still operating fully within the parameters of my life as i was as a believer right so i was still going to church i was still going to cell groups i was still going to conferences i was still leading prayers with the family that that kind of thing right so my life from the outside right you would never imagine and even in my communication with some of the closest people to me from the outside you would actually never imagine that my my views on the belief system had ever changed, right? Yeah. And the major reason for this, right, the primary reason for this, and I think that's probably the primary reason why you feel some discomfort dis discussing where you are right now, was how I knew my family would view me and how I knew yeah. the people in my life, what their response to me, right, the things that they would say. And even up until this point, right, I care less, like virtually I don't care about it anymore, but... I can't deny that there is still some emotional baggage I carry with me um, around that. And it's very hard to, it's very hard to, within our families, talk about 
how you feel differently to everybody else, right? And I think this relates to the issue we were discussing earlier about the groupthink, right? But, mm-hmm. but this problem seems most prevalent in black families. Oh, very much so. Very much so. I think, oh man, I think one of, one of the key things is, um, aside, aside from, from, from the historical context of, of where some of these religions we have found ourselves in, mm-hmm. aside from, from the historical context of how they came into our lives, we took them up. And when we took them up, um, one of the biggest things that happened is that it became I don't need, I don't even know. This is this is this this actually seems like a very somewhat pseudo pseudo masochistic situation as far as as far as the historical context of black families and organized religion. But this seemed like a it it was the one thing that held them through and it became Aside from the fact that it was a faith situation, it also became um, a familial tradition. Mm-hmm. So, aside from the faith comes the familial tradition. So, not only not only is a family believing in 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 a specific deity and in in whatever organized religion they they're viewing that specific deity through, they're practicing this belief as a family. Right. That's mm. that's one of the key things that 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 I guess is a hallmark within a lot of black families. And when when a religion or a faith is a familial tradition, then what happens is not only when you when when you leave it, not only are you are you betraying your faith or being the lost one or any other or any other way you might be described or seen through the lens of your family but on top of that you are abandoning something that is part of the connection that you have with your family and that's actually probably at least in my eyes that's probably part of part of i guess the biggest it's part of the biggest portion of why it is very uncomfortable for a lot of folks who may have differing opinions, um, differing views, whether it comes to faith, whether it comes to um, religions that they're following within their family, to voice those. Mm. No, I hear you. Um, And I think part of the problem as well, beyond simply the inability to voice it like that, is not only is the religion part of the thread that connects you to the rest of your family, Yep. It becomes a situation where you start. I know I start. This, this is something that I, it happened to me. After moving out of believing the same thing as the rest of my family, you start noticing that basically any view or opinion that any given family member might hold is often interpreted through the lens of the belief that existed before, right? So yeah. you'll find yourself in a situation where you actually can't can't i'm not even saying it's hard you can't have a conversation with some of your family members because everything they say and everything it's through the lens of of the belief right and now if you disagree with the point that they're making as a result of that belief right you are in fact disagreeing with the belief and that's normally I'm, i'm fine with that because you know i am but it now makes it difficult to have any kind of conversation because it's one thing to say you're undermining someone's opinion, right? Or undermining what they think about any given issue. It's another thing entirely to say that you are undermining the underpinnings of their belief. And, yep. and that conversation... Which is supposed to be an absolute. Yes, it is an absolute. Like, there's, there's just things you can't say, right? There's yeah. views you can't, can't hold, opinions that are given zero credence, and it creates a situation where you end up receding from your family, right? You end up receding from the people that ostensibly exist to give you the closest amount of comfort, right? Because you honestly don't feel like you can talk to them, right? Like I know for me, it's um, it, the, the process of literally coming out, law, as, <laughs> <laughs> coming out to my family as a non-believer, right? It took, it was stage stages, right? And, it took a long time, even after, cause even, even after I became comfortable saying it to a few people, right, to the larger family, it was still very hard to do, right? And 
and I think the, the, the main problem for me as well is that it's not viewed as legitimate. It's not viewed as a, a stance that one can hold. Yeah, it's, 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 it's often interpreted, it's just like you're going through a phase. You are just, this is just a thing for right now. Or, or um, let me tell you, for example, one of the things that my, my uncle actually said to me, right, when I, when I told him, um, after I finished my engineering degree and I told him, hey, man, listen, I, I want to go see you. I was like, hey, man, why are you going to go to get a job? I was like, nah, I want to actually go back and study again, um, get back into academia. And then, and then he said to me, no, just make sure you don't end up like those white people who, who study too much and then you end up rejecting the Bible, right? And <laughs> when he said this, right, to me, that sounded like an honestly insane thing for a human being to say, right? And I was like, dude, what the hell? But... But I also but knew. But you understand the lens that I, he's looking at this through. I knew that he was saying this insane thing to me, with with care and love in his mind. This was the best possible advice he could have given me, when I yeah. like for this new venture in my life, and and what do you do? Like as as like I understand from his position, but for me it was like, what do I? How do I separate the nonsense from the love he's very genuinely trying to display, right? But I can't, well, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't tell him, hey man, I reject your advice now, right? Because he's not going to interpret that as you saying, I, oh, you're just having a disagreement um, on the, 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 you're having an ethical, like philosophical disagreement with the words coming out of my mouth. He's going to review it as a rejection of that care and love. So, so how that's, do you that's, untangle that's, that? That's what I'm saying. Like a, lo- a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of the foundation that, that exists within black families is faith, and that is that is that is a very that is a very um, a very heavily woven thread within a family, mm. and you rejecting that is is most likely seen as you rejecting your family. So, 